0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields. With me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Kate Miller, co founder and CEO of Miss Grass. Kate, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today?
2: Great. How about you guys?
0: I'm doing really well. Kellen, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Really excited to talk about Kate, Kate's brand. Really excited to learn more about her East Coast love, but more excited to know that she did spend a lot of time out here on the West Coast. So, as someone who's gotten high and purchased many GoDaddy domains before, I got to know, were there other domains that you had purchased and other concepts you'd kicked around? And did you apply any of those earlier on in thinking, hey, this venture one, this venture two, these are all things? Or did ultimately you go, you knew right away, Miss Grass was it, and that was the informational platform you wanted to start to build the community?
2: Great question. I had close to 30 GoDaddy domains and none have seen the light of day except for Miss Grass. I now no longer pay for the annual subscriptions of all of them. (laughs) Like a couple of years ago, I cleaned slate, but um, no, they, you know, none were in the cannabis space. Like they would be, you know, some were funny domains. Um, Miss Grass was really wanted. To be honest, when I purchased it, when I was working um, as a bud tender, I, I didn't fully conceptualize what ultimately it would become, um, but it was more around, I felt there was a void and a need for a brand that authentically represented myself and the many people in my life that were consuming cannabis more consciously than it was being portrayed in the dispensary that I worked at and in pop culture at the time, which obviously leaned really heavily into that like stoner bro, lazy stigma that we you know are all familiar with. So that was kind of it. I just didn't think there was a brand. Um, there wasn't anyone leading on the education side. So it kind of planted the seed. And then a decade later, started looking back into it when I could justify ultimately like devoting my life and career to it because of, you know, cannabis reform started to sweep our nation. And I felt like it was the perfect time, meet, you know, intersection with my passion and the business opportunity.
0: What was the value you're providing to people in order to, to subscribe to the email and then Obviously, there had to have been a certain number in your mind where you realized, okay, I found something here. And this is definitely a, a group or a niche that we can target. So take us through that process. Because I think the earlier on details are ones where some people are listening to these podcasts, They have these ideas, but they don't know how to start. And obviously, you you started and then built up something. And then something clicked in your mind where you're like, okay, this is a serious amount of people very interested in this niche.
2: Yeah. So from day one, what the product we had was, was our online Magazine. So from day one, and we still have it, we have over 2000 pieces of editorial content that has been written, many of which are education led. And I should say that, you know, it was somewhat luck that we were like ready to launch at a time that cannabis had a lot of mojo and momentum. And there was a lot of press writing about it because we launched January of 2018. January 2018 was when California went adult use. So, and I hate to say that this worked in our favor. It was also at the height of the Me Too movement. So we were two female founders in cannabis. There was a ton of media writing about it at that time. So when we launched immediately, we got a lot of great momentum from press and it was just, yeah, right place, right time. From the month one, we had so many users that were driven to our site. It was also kind of like the height of, or, or starting to be the height of the CBD craze that happened where CBD was put in every single product, including like leggings. CBD leggings were pitched to us one one time. So it was the right place, right time. A lot of people were driven to our website. They were very either new or for the first time ever had access to educational material on cannabis so they can like get good at weed. And we had, you know, similar to a lot of sites that you see, like email capture everywhere that we could from our online magazine to we did a ton of events at that time, still do a ton of events and partnerships. Um, but early days, we did events with Beats by Dre and Aloe Yoga and Lululemon and Soho houses around the country, which was also a, a great way to capture and scale our email newsletter list.
0: So what are you seeing as the, the biggest questions or the biggest hurdles for women specifically to adopt cannabis into their life?
2: It's a good question. You know, there's obviously women make up the fastest growing, um, demographic in all legal States. Um, we are already a major consumer base, um, and looking at other industries, we know, you know, women, you know, purchase like 80% of households, um, items that all things point to like win the woman category. And like, you're going to be a really successful company. Um, I think Canada specifically, and just like some first party data that we have, we do have a lot of um, women in our community that don't, to your point before, smoke something. They don't like, you know, smoking anything to put it in their lungs. You know, some are mothers and it's not as like, you know, it's, it's, you, you have the smell. It's not as um, discreet as taking an edible. Um, So I think with legalization and the opportunity for not just women, but for all consumers to go into a legal store and have a, a options for the first time like that is normalizing. That is bringing new consumers into this market. Um, so that's definitely one thing. And then I would say the educational side of it. So many people, even yesterday, I was at a at a conference that was not a cannabis conference, which is a very a rare day for me not to not to be all in on cannabis. But it was really interesting because all of these founders and investors and whatnot were outside of the space. And a lot of them were like, oh, yeah, I, I don't consume cannabis. It freaks me out when I do. I have so much anxiety, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, what were you consuming? And they're like, I don't know. Like well, Someone just gave me like a chocolate. And I'm like, well, you know, so the educational piece is just so important to equip consumers with that so that they can be informed, they know what to look for, they know how to read a label, they know what the right dose is for them to ultimately like help them get good at weed and women especially of like r- really being able to um specifically choose the product that will suit their specific needs.
0: Is there any plans to make a Mr. Grass and then do a pairing go... of Mrs. and Mr. Grass in a in a package?
2: I cannot tell you how many people ask me that question. <laughs> throughout this journey, I've been asked that so many times. Uh, honestly, to the point where one day, going back to my GoDaddy, I went to see, hey, is Mr. Grass available? And it isn't. It's a lawn mowing company that owns Mr. Grass. Selfish. Um, yeah. So I'm going to let that keep thriving and stick to Miss Grass.
0: Are there any potential collaborations or partnerships on the horizon for Miss Grass, especially with other women-led brands or initiatives?
2: Great question. Nothing that I can announce, but we are a very, very, very big partnership company. Um, It's how we really scaled our community. Probably most recently, we partnered with a woman, Jasmine Manns, and her company Buy Weed for Women um, over the last... Women's Month, we uh, launched a custom collab tote. So more things like that will be on the horizon for sure.
0: What's the most expensive lesson you've ever learned?
2: Good question. AR, how important is to collect money from people before they go bankrupt and then you have to write it off as bad debt? So I would say we learned that sadly the hard way last year in the California market and Now we are very focused on collections.
0: Dream smoking session, three people Dead or Alive.
2: Bob Marley, Rihanna, Martin Luther King.
0: If you could put anything on a billboard, metaphorically speaking, to get a message to billions of people, could be an image, quote, word, or something that inspired you, what comes to mind?
2: I mean, I guess in the words of Snoop, like smoke weed every day.
0: Love that. (laughs) We're sitting here one year from now. What have you accomplished?
2: A lot of scale. I mean, we've scaled the business now 250 to 300% year over year. So we want to keep that going. Um, We want to be in a position, you know, ultimately we are building this from a, we want this to be a a good financial outcome for everyone involved um, internally and people externally that are involved in our business. So continuing to scale, but in a very good, business way, you know, like running a profitable business and, you know, not scaling in the way that we've seen a lot of other, you know, companies in the space scale.
0: When you got started in the cannabis industry, what did you get right? And most importantly, what did you get wrong?
2: Well, I do think that there still is such a need for a brand and there's, there's, uh, you know, a handful of us that are serving a community-based, particularly women who have been underserved historically in this space, and even today. So, you know, that was a an idea and and so a need I I identified back in 2008 that I still think today is is absolutely correct and still needed. So, I would say that is something that I got right. Um, something that I got wrong was just the timing. You know, I when we first launched, I. Expected even just from a federal legalization and movement perspective, so much more to have happened. Feel like I, you know, we launched January 2018. I said, oh, better, we're three to five years out from federal legalization. And I'm like still saying five years out today. So I would say, yeah, I definitely got the timing of this wrong.
0: So Kate, for our listeners, they want to get in touch, they want to buy Ms. Crass products, where can they find you?
2: Probably easiest way, go to our site, misgrass.com. We have a stockist page that's always updated. So um, that's probably the easiest way to find you know, the, the available stores. We are in California, uh, Illinois, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and New York.
0: Awesome. We'll let it all in the show notes. Thanks for taking the time. This was fun.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years, can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you.
2: Thanks for listening to today's show.
1: Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.